this uh, yoga is, is called sankhya yoga in uh, bhagavad gita like as the first one was called arjuna vishala yoga the second chapter is called sankhya yoga adadhudiyo dhyayaha sanchayavacha tantadha kripaya vishtam asrupurna kulekshanam vishidhantamidam vakyam uvacha madhusudana and sanjaya says sanjay vacha tantada kripaya vishtam asrupurna kulekshanam this is this is describing the condition of arjuna he is overcome by kripa kripa is that compassion that he felt for the people who are about to lose their life in this battle the people might be killed in with in his own hand that kripa has taken over him kripaya avishtam ashrupurna kulekshana and his eyes were moist and he this warrior who has probably never shed tears his eyes had become moist and uh, there was tears rolling down his eyes vishidantam and he was also overcome by sorrow vishidantam idam vakyam uvacha madhusudana and krishna who had seen many different battles including the battle where he killed madhu as asura and to that to that arjuna krishna says these words now krishna is kripa sagaram so we say krishna is krishna kripa sagaram and why would a krishna who is kripa sagaram himself advise an arjuna who is overcome by kripa and uh, what is the difference here right so in if you look at krishna's life there are only two occasions where he lets himself be overcome by emotion one time was when kuchela or sudama comes to see him when sudama presents that bag of avil uh, the beaten rice to him he becomes so much overcome by emotion because he knew he knows looking at that bag of beaten rice this was probably the only food that would have been left in their house his wife would packed up almost everything they had left irrespective of what they will have for eating for her and the children in utter poverty she still brings that to him and sudama has walked all the way probably not eating anything on the way and he still hasn't touched a piece from what he has brought for krishna and when sudama presents that bag of beaten rice to krishna he becomes so much overcome by emotion and he and he gladly takes it and he takes one gulp and he takes another gulp and then and which each gulp he was showering wealth on his family back and rukmini stops him as he as he goes for a third word saying enough that is enough you're you're overdoing this this is this is probably one place you will find krishna completely overcome by emotion that kripa is rightly placed right it is for someone who deserves that kripa who is not asking for it but is still is deserving of that compassion the second time he loses emotion he loses himself is when bhishma fights the battle in uh, ferociously on the ninth day and he becomes a ninth day or a tenth day morning i don't remember exactly when but when he becomes so ferocious i think is the ninth day of the battle he becomes so ferocious that unstoppable and he becomes that early after duryodhana goes and uh, talks to him nasty stuff and he gets worked up and he comes and starts annihilating the part of army and uh, krishna jumps out of the chariot and he says arjuna if you are not going to do this i am going to do it myself and he lets his anger take over him and he picks up a wheel of a chariot and tells bhishma i am going to kill you right now this second and bhishma kneels in front of him and says i'll i'll be more than pleased if if to die at your hands if that's what you think but also tells him you should remember you took the vow not to touch and any arms while coming to this battle and he reminds him what the vow that he had taken 
And Krishna is again reminded of what he had done, and he goes back. A different, different time when he was emotional. But in general, uh, what we see Krishna as someone who has maintained his emotional composure all through it. So there was no one better than Krishna to take over a situation where someone had lost their emotional composure. Like Arjuna, it was happening with Arjuna at this point. And he says, so uh, Sri, the next sloka, Sri Bhagavan Vacha Utastva Kashmalamitam Shame Samupastitam Anaryajushta Maswarkim Akirtikara Marjuna. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is not used saying Sri Krishna Vaja. In Rashtra Mahabharata, you will see Vyasa using the word Sri Krishna Vaja. But in Bhagavad Gita, it is known he, Krishna is not talking as the human Krishna at that point. He is talking as the Bhagavan himself. So who is who is Bhagavan? There is a definition in uh, Vishnu Purana. One I had shared, one definition I had shared with you when we are doing the Bhagavadam class. Just saying, Aishwarya Samagrasya Viryam Yashasakshriyaha Jnana Vairagya Yoshaiva Shrannam Bhagavadam Bhagavan is somebody who has got six qualities. He is the epitome of all Aishwaryas. Viryam Yashasakshriyam if these six qualities are there in the epitome, that's Bhagavan. But in the Bhagavad Gita, there's a different definition of Bhagavan, which probably is more meaningful for, for the context. This is also from Vishnu Purana. It says, Utpatim cha vinasham cha bhudhanam agadim gadim veti vidyam avidhyam cha savachyo Bhagavan iti. So, Bhagavan is someone who understands the origin and the dissolution of the universe, of all the beings also. Utpatim and the Vinasham. When, when would things come into, how things came into place and where would things go when they end? As well as when does a specific thing come into place and when does it go out? Utpatim and Vinasham. And Navaradayas. Bhudhadim, Agadim, Gadim. So the, the coming and going of the different living beings in addition to the universe. Veti Vidyam Avidhyamsha. He is the one who knows what is Vidya as well as what is Avidya. Vidya in terms of spiritual knowledge, Avidya meaning the knowledge of the uh, uh, materialistic world. So exterior knowledge as well as the spiritual knowledge. Savachya Bhagavaniti. So Bhagavan is someone who has got the knowledge of everything. So he is the omniscient one. So Krishna again in Bhagavad Gita is delivering his uh, lecture here uh, or a discourse here as the omniscient one. So Sri Bhagavan Vacha. And again, Krishna doesn't jump back into directly giving Arjuna the spiritual instruction. He first wants to wake him out of his slumber. And he, he, he is testing him, saying, Arjuna, do you realize how the world is going is perceiving you as you are seeing yourself doing this noble act? Because at the end of chapter one, he said, I would rather die unarmed, not, not defending myself at the hands of this Kauravas. I think that's even better for me. And he drops us. We said, just a sharam, sharam chabam. And he sits down. Right? So now... Krishna is asking him, you're doing this, but what does the world think about you? Kudastva kashmalamidam vishame samupasthidam. From where did this weakness come over and take over you? Because your sabhava, I know, is not weakness. Your sabhava is the idea. By your own true nature, you stand up to difficult occasion. Uh, you, you are Arjuna who actually fought with Shiva himself. In When Kirad Arjuniyam happened, he went uh, Shiva and so the story is when uh, Arjuna goes uh, looking for Divyasra, one time he is 
looking for food and he finds this boar, uh, wild boar, which is running. And he shoots at the wild boar. And the wild boar runs for some time and it falls down. And when he gets to it, he finds that there are two arrows on the boar. And there appears this Kirata, who was the forest man. And he said, this is my kill. And Arjuna says, no, 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 it's I shot it. My arrow killed it first. And this Kirata and Arjuna get into an altercation and becomes a battle. The Kirata was actually uh, Shiva himself. And neither is Shiva able to defeat Arjuna, nor Arjuna is able to defeat Shiva. Until it gets to a point, Arjuna realizes this has to be somebody superhuman. And he asks him who you are. And then Shiva reveals himself, giving him the Pashupada. So fighting somebody like Shiva himself, that Vishama, he has, he has fought. And he has stood up to that level. And in coming to this difficult juncture, how... How did you, how have you given yourself to this weakness? Again, Krishna's emphasis here is, you may be thinking you're doing a noble act, but the world is going to perceive it as your weakness. Kashmalamidam. You are going to be viewed as a Kashmala, the lower than the lowliest for your act here. So he is prompting, is taunting Arjuna, saying, if this is not what you are thinking, if if you are concerned about how the world thinks about you, that's good enough, but wake up to it. And again, he gives them some more examples of the world's perception. Anarya Jushtam. This is not the values that the Aryas will, uh, uh, Aryas worship. There are values which are held high in the Aryan community. Or think of them as a civilized community or even as a warrior community. And this is not the value which is held high. Dropping your weapon and allowing your uh, opponent to run over you and, and massacre you is not uh, what is advised. And giving up the leadership when everyone is counting on you and and becoming Kripaya Vishtam at that point is not what is expected of you. Anaji Jushtam. So from the community's point of view, from the tradition point of view, you are not going to be held high in the esteem. Anarya Dushtam. Aswargyam. So forget it. Even if you die in this one, you are not going to be eligible for Sarga because their view is that if you want to be entered into Sarga, you have to fall fighting in a battle. For, uh, for Aryas, this is very similar to the belief that the Vikings also held. I mean, there's some similarity between our mythology as well as the mythology of the Norwegians, the Nordic mythology, very close uh, in terms of warrior community. They believed that it is it is the one who dies uh, with a weapon in hand is the one who is admitted to Sorga. The, the Nordic community calls this as a Valhalla. They they are they want to enter the Valhalla as a, as a fighter community. The Vikings are the Nordic community. So similar similar behavior, belief system in the Aryan community too, saying that if if a Kshatriya uh, drops his weapon and is massacred, then he does he is not he doesn't deserve the soldier. So even if you think that this is going to give you posthumous merit, it is not going to give you. So this is not a meritorious act. First of all, I say this is not your act is not sub, uh, in in accordance with the tradition of the community, so you will not be looked upon high. Your act will not be considered meritorious, giving you a post life merit, meritorious action after this. even it is unpopular, even in today's world, even if you are you are spared from death and you walk away from here. You will not be talked about good even with the community. So overall, the world is going to completely look down upon you. For what you think are doing the noble action. So we're going back to the same theme of perception and reality. In Arjuna's perception, he was performing an extremely noble act by allowing, not killing any of them, and allowing himself to be killed or he walking away from the battle. But the world's perception is, is not going to be the same way. So Krishna is giving him a warning from the, the worldly perspective.
first look. And the, again, the second one, he advises him, Walk away from this despondency, this weakness, this confusion in you. Klaibhyam this is unfitting to you because you are Partha, you are Prada, you are Kundi's son. The Kundi has stood up to so many difficult junctures in her life. She, from the day she became a mother as a teenager, she had to deal with letting her son go and not bring disrepute to herself and her family. He let the child float down the water, thinking that somehow the child will survive. And she, she stood up, she took care of it. When Pandu did not have sons, she used her power that she had, she was blessed with, to get him sons. And so she stood there. And again, when Pandu was killed and she brought the children back, brought them up as a single mother in that community, when the, when the Arakilam incident happened when the house of black was burned down and they had to go survive in the forest she took the children for their own protection and wandered through the forest through the villages lived as an ordinary woman still uh, fighting for the survival of her children she was equanimous whether she was in the forest or anywhere but one thing about kundi was she never bowed down to fate she always fought back and, and brought her sons back. And when the war started, she said, she went to her sons and said, this is, this uh, country belongs right, rightfully to yourself. Go fight for this battle. But they, they had her blessings to go into it. So Krishna is reminding Arjuna saying, you are Partha, you are Pritha's son. Different to the meaning of the Partha, which we saw in the last chapter. It is unbefitting of you as a son of Kunti, to cow away from a difficult juncture. Shudram Hridayadavarpalyam Yakta. Shudram means something that will rusting or eating into you. It will start, it is degenerative. This behavior is degenerative. What you're doing now is just not only one act, it will slowly undo you one by one over a period of time. Shudram Hridayadavarpalyam. This weakness of heart is something that will snowball. And we saw how the snowballing effect happened. It will let you start rolling down a hill. Whenever we are taken over by a weakness of heart or a, or a fear grips the heart, from that point onwards, it will only continue to weaken us step by step as we move down. So Krishna uses the word Shudram, which means over a period of time, it will continue to eat you up or Weaken you out. Tekta. Give up, give up that weakness of heart. Uttishta paramtava. And he says, you are a scorcher of your enemies. By your own nature, you are a scorcher of enemies. You have the power and you know how to do it. You have all the capability to do it. The only thing you need to do is stand up and, and just get it done. So sort of a shake and a wake up to Arjuna saying, think again what you're doing. Let me advise you, tell you the right thing. And also from the point of view of the perception that you have for yourself, get the realistic perception. What does the world look at you? So sort of trying to wake him out of the, uh, kind of uh, all the emotional stress that he was in, trying to bring him into it, saying, all this is important to you. Just don't walk away from it and wake him. Now, this had an effect on Arjuna. This, this talk, that brief two slogans that Krishna said, it had its effect on Arjuna, which makes him distill his thinking a little bit more. So instead of giving the hundreds of reasons that he gave in the first chapter, like, you know, how he started from himself, his immediate family, 
uh, you know, then his broader extended family into society, in the community, into the world. How we kept on snowballing this concern, making it such a huge thing for him to bear. He now shrinks back and distills his thinking. And the next few slokas, he makes it clear, and and he himself gets a doubt, saying, "Am I thinking correctly?" So the next sloka, Arjuna comes back. Arjuna vacha. Katham Bhishma Maham Sankhe Ronam Chamatu Sutana Yishubhe Pratiyotsyami Ucharhan Parisutana Arjuna says, O Parisutana, O Krishna, who are a slayer of enemies. Again, he says that, Krishna, I know you have fought many battles. And every battle that you fought, you have fought against enemies who were ready to kill you. And uh, you are a slayer of them. And so I understand from that perspective. But please understand my dilemma here. Kadam Bhishma Maham Sankhi. How in the world do you think I can take my bow and arrow and fight Bhima in the battlefield with an intent of killing him? Arjuna, remember, has actually had fought Bhima and, uh, Bhishma and uh, Drona and the Kauravas when he was in the Virada Rajadani. So what happens when he was there as, the, as a woman, um, dressed as a Brihandala, uh, he went and um, he had to take Uttara to uh, fight the battle again. The Goha Abaharna happens. Uh, Kauravas attack the Virada's country and take away all the cattle. And uh, they go fighting, fighting for that. And at that point, Arjuna goes as a Sarani, but obviously the person he was taking was nowhere capable of fighting the battle. So he picks up his weapons and then he fights and tears Kauravargi. But he did not have an intent of killing anybody. So he, he uses a Mohanastra at that point and puts everybody into sleep. Um, rather than So he collects all their turbans and, and brings it back to Virada. So, and then they all wake up afterwards and Bhishma deliberately goes to sleep uh, knowing very well it was Arjuna. Uh, but now it's a different scenario. Here is an intent to kill. And he says, Kadam Bhishma Maham Sankhe Dronam Chamadasudam. So how do I, I can, I am ready to fight an enemy. Okay, let it be Kauravas, I can fight them. Bhishma and Drona? And he gives a very dramatic explanation here. He says, these are people who I should be worshipping, putting, throwing flowers at their feet. They are worship, they are worthy of worship with flowers. Kadam How would I fight them with bow and arrows? How do I let my arrows fly at someone to whom I should be sending flowers instead? You tell me how. And so this next few slogans are he becomes very dramatic, but at least he's starting to distill his thoughts. Vishwabhi Pradyotsyami Pujarhan Something in the chat. Let me check. Oh. Yeah, I, I know I said Bhima instead of Bhishma by mistake. I think somebody was correcting me. Yes, I meant Bhishma. Next sloka. Guru Nahatwa Himahanu Bhavan Shreyo Bhoktam Vaishyam Abhihaloke Atvartha Kamam Suguru Nihaiva Bhunshi Abhokhan Rudira Pradighan. In Bhagavad Gita, you will find uh, <clears throat> two different meters. One is the Anushtuk meter, which is uh, typically used, everything that we have seen so far. Whenever something becomes uh, requires a lot more words to be used in a verse, they use a longer meter. I'm not sure which one it is. I think it is Trishtuk is a meter. Um, but it's, it's a longer meter that can uh, take more words. And it is a lot more, it's a good way to chant in an emotional way those long meters. So here is a very emotional statement from Arjuna saying, Guru na hatvahi mahan bhavan shreyo bhoktam maishya mabhi haloge. Guru na hatvahi, this mahan bhavan gurus, 
having killed them, killing them, Shreyo Goktam, for enjoying prosperity, Baikshya Mabihaloge, for and enjoying this world, for owning property or owning uh, wealth in this world, or owning prosperity in this world, killing the gurus, how is that justified? Even if I enjoy all this karma, having killed this for the uh, killing my gurus, this bogas that I will enjoy coming off of this battle will be tarnished by their blood. It will be blood stained. So again, he uses a very emotional statement here saying, my world that I will create, the kingdom and the prosperity and the wealth, everything that I will receive at the end of this battle will be blood stained and stained with the blood of my gurus. And how do you how do you think this is justified? Guru Nahatwahi Mahana Bhavan Shayo Bhuktam Vaishyam Abhihaloke Hatwartha Kama Su Guruni Haiva Bunji Yabogan Rudira Pratikta. Yes, more and more emotionally moving words. Again, one more. Nathaidat Vidmakataranu Kariyo Yadvajaye Mayati Vano Jayu Yanevahatvanajiji Vishama Devastita Pramukhe Katarashtra. At least uh, now he says, he's not saying, I'm not fully on one on one side alone, Krishna. I'm hearing what you're saying. So he, now he says, Najaidat Vidma Kataranu Gariyo. I, Vidma means I do know. Na Vidma, I do not know. Najaidat Vidma Kataranu Gariyo. No means myself. I don't know what is the right thing here to be done. I don't know what is the better thing to be done here. He says, Najaidat Vidma Kataranu Gariyo. At least he's bringing it out saying, though it looks like the worst act to first to perform, Killing the gurus is the worst act to perform. I still do not know what is the right thing to do here. Should I win or should I lose? I'm, I'm perplexed by this. What is a better thing for him to do? Though it looks like losing, looks like a bad thing to do, maybe it is a better thing to do in the long run because then I don't have to kill my gurus for it. Again, another emotional statement. Yaneva Hatwan Jiji Vishama. Having killed whom? I don't want to be, I shouldn't even be desirous of living. They are the ones who are standing in front as the prime, primary defendants of the Dhartarashtra. He doesn't, he says, I don't have that much of cons of killing my cousins, Dhartarashtras. But the Pramukhas, Bhishma and Drona, who were standing there in front of them, what about them? And I do not want to be, here are the ones who I shouldn't, I wouldn't even want to enjoy my own life after, after they're dead. With them being dead, how do I even enjoy my life? I wouldn't even want to live having killed, killed them. The guilt is going to be so high in me. So look at my dilemma. They are the ones who are standing right in front of the Dhritarashtra army. And finally, he he totally distills his thoughts into the final stroke of uh, and there's one more story he says after this, but this is one where he totally distills his thinking. This is exactly the start of the Bhagavad Gita. Here is a question of a student. Karpanya dosho abhadasabhavaha. He says, My nature or my thinking. My intellectual ability is now 
covered by this covered ice. The, here it is called as Karpanya. Karpanya Kripana is a miser. A miser is one who cannot stand a loss. Right? He cannot stand the thinking of a loss, giving up something from it. So he's so insecure, he just cannot stand any loss. So here Arjuna is coming from the my point of view saying, I cannot stand to see the loss of even one life for the purpose of this war. And he says, I am, I want to join this war, but I cannot even stand losing, seeing one life being lost. And that thinking has taken over me as the Karpanya thinking. And I know it is not good because being a Kripana is not a good thing. And my Sobhava, but however, is completely clouded by this Karpanya Dosha. This is called an appreciation of one's oneself. And an important aspect of any spiritual thinking is to make this unbiased judgment of ourselves. If we don't have a quiet, balanced judgment of our own state, there is no way we will make a spiritual progress. Because we are going to be moving from our own perception of who we are or what we are thinking. If we are completely rooted, until this point, Arjuna was completely rooted in his own thinking of doing a noble act, which he thought is the perfect thing to be done. And he considered himself as a noble person. And all this, he's not thinking that later on my thinking is going to shift and I will be thinking something different. That emotional overflow, when that happens and we lose bearing on who we are, what we are, in truth. And surrendering to the perception versus reality of our own judgment. This is a fundamental first step of a spiritual seeking. And that's why I say this is the first sloka of Bhagavad Gita, in effect, um, from the teaching point of view. We are, each and every one of us, are also clouded equally by different thought processes. And many a times we fail to assess ourselves. Even just an appreciation that our judgments are clouded is a good enough start for us to see. Prichamitvam dharma samudha cheta. He says, I'm going to ask you, Krishna, because my chetas, my own uh, thinking is dharma samudha. I do not know what is dharma, what is adharma here. I want to do what is dharma. But this this is a dharma sankara because I it's very, very difficult for me to determine what is the what is the dharmic activity that should be done here. Again, Prachamitva. That uh, desire to seek help from someone who knows better is the second second requirement of a sadhaka. If you are weird, if we are someone who thinks that I have all the answers inside my own head, then we will never solve a problem. Right? I know who I am. I know how, how I think about the world is accurate. And I know I have my own solution. That is a dead end for a seeker. Arjuna displays a second quality of a, of a student, a worthy student saying, I am asking you, I'm seeking you. And for what purpose? Not for my own immediate needs, meeting or anything. Not for short term. Dharma Sambhuda Cheta. Because I am, I, I want, I am a Dharmic person. I'm committed to Dharma. Which is the third quality, this commitment to Dharma. So a mind which is seeking for answers. A, a heart which is established in Dharma. And an unbiased estimate or unbiased assessment of oneself. These are, these are, coming up as the quality of a student. And the next one, he says, Water is good for me in the long run. Do not tell me what is immediately good for me. What will be pleasing for me, which is prayas. So I don't want prayas. I, what is, I want what is shreyas. Shriya, shriyam is what is good for me in the, in the 
in the, what is a blessing for me in the long run and which will also uh, ss is also part of the word shreyas because ss is something that you will get the way history is going to judge you kirti is something that you will get immediately that is being populistic right immediately whatever you are doing lot of people are talking about it you get a praise about it immediately that is kirti so always we say ss and kirti we need both kirti is immediately what people talk about you how they appreciate you ss is how the history is going to judge you down the line they look back to things that you have done so many years ago and how they have benefited you how that has become good for the world that ss it becomes part of shreyas so whatever good comes to me and that good will also be judged correctly by that by history down the line that shreyas is what i should so whatever i act i am going to perform here will be judged correctly by the history tell me what is that it's shreyasan nischitam rohitam and he uses the word tell me that for certainty don't leave me in the with doubts in the no man's world of maybe this is good maybe that is good don't act like typical advisors do right you know like the way we hire consulting companies over to advise and they typically come in and spend time with the ceo to understand what the ceo's mind is and then then come back and say that to russell people so it becomes an easy thing to implement no 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 that is not what he's saying don't try to tell me what i am already thinking what is easy for me to do tell me the right proper thing to be done so that history will judge me correctly and say that firmly and prove that convincingly to me nischitam rohitam me so he has the determination to say i'm going, i'm not to, i'm not going to take half baked answer so all the qualities of a shishya comes out one by one i will again wrap it up as we let's say the last verse sentence of this one shishyasteham shadimam tvam prabhanna and he said i am going to i am surrendering you as a shishya shishya is the one who is ready to take instruction and ready to be taught that willingness to be taught is there in the shishya and shishya is the one who also has shraddha shraddha in the sense that he he is he believes that the teacher is going to give him a teaching with the intent of getting him into the right answer so he has a he starts from the point of faith that i will i will think this is right and i will i'll go with all the logic to prove it is right i'm not skeptical i'm not coming to this with a skeptical mind saying uh, this person has misled a lot of other people but i will try no no there's no i will try aspect here it, it, this is a determined propanna he says i'm taking refuge in you krishna i feel that you are qualified to to instruct me in this one i have faith in you i have faith in your words so i am surrendering to you teach me shishyaste ham shadimam tom prabandham instruct me please. again so to come back what are the qualities of the shishya here arpanya doshopahata swabhava i know my nature is clouded i don't i am i am ready to admit that i am not speaking with total clarity of exactly what i need i have i am open to suspecting my own judgment of things dharma sammuda cheta i am i want to be on the side of dharma i am established in dharma i want to be the right one but same time i am confused about what is dharma prachamitva i am asking you i am seeking help i am ready to ask a question here estreha what is good for me in the long run what is good for me the best for me in the long run make sure i i am judged correctly by history in this one shishyat nishidam bruhitam me i want a, a definitive answer from you nishidam bruhitam me shishyasteham i am ready to be acting as your own student and uh, with with faith i am coming to you shadimam tvam prapandam i am taking refuge in you beautiful one of the most beautiful shlokas in the bhagavad gita now if kajuna says one more sentence and then he becomes uh, silent afterward nahi prapashyami mapa mama panudhyat 
ಹ್ಯೂಮನ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೀಟ್ಲಿ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಔಟ್ವರ್ಡ್ 
that our our viewpoint is always turning outward when we find a problem with the world we try to solve it with, with solutions from the world because that is all we are we know tarjana is 24/7 facing outward towards the world so he he has a problem with the world and he is looking for solutions in the outward world who is he talking to rishikesha rishikesha is the lord of the heart krishna is is inside he is the lord who is inside so rishikesham who has this ability to turn inward <coughs> and krishna solutions to the problems of the world comes from turning inward not outward so this krishna who is the lord of the heart who is inside to him gudakesha says the problem statement and says and he goes silent Sanjaya or Vyasa here beautifully brings that this conflict between reality and perception happens in the in the outward looking world of looking for outward only outward and losing the opportunity to look at oneself inwardly. So Bhagavad Gita drops a hint right here, saying that the solution that is going to come down for this problem is going to be an aspect of. looking in word and then how do we solve how we see the word sanjay continues the next shloka samuvaja rishikesha prasanniva bharata senayorupayor madhye vishidantam idam vacha and then said rishikesha this lord of the heart again he uses the word again prahasanniva bharata it looked like there was a tiny smile that crossed krishna's lips and it looked like he he got this he wasn't completely giving himself up krishna was not emotionally moved krishna is not in the mood he said kaibyam uh, masmagava uh, like you know in a serious mood looking staring arjuna down um, he must have on those two slokas he would have kind of stared down arjuna saying what kudasto akashvana vidam vishame sabhavas there will be more like a scolding that he delivered with an angry mood he gets more composure and in that composure a very very tiny smile crosses krishna's lips because he already sees the solution he knows the solution he knows where to take it and he says this problem which is looking at you such a grievous problem which is an insurmountable problem that is looking at you and he knows as a very simple solution but it will take time for to for him to get arjuna there but he knows it is possible and with that with that tiny smile is also the smile of hope and he knows the outcome of this one that he is saying i have hope for you arjuna i know how to solve this problem and he gives him that that confidence standing senayor ubayor madhye and between the two warring armies and here remember what are the two warring armies here it's just not pandavas and kauravas it is the warring armies the reality and perception and reality and perception in three ways the ways we know we see the world the reality of the world versus how we perceive the world the reality of who how we our own perception how the world sees us versus the reality of how the world sees us who we are and finally the reality of who we truly are versus who we think we are so if there is this battle between reality and perception goes goes to three levels and this is important so the way we understand the world the way we perceive the world versus the reality of the world the way we think world is perceiving us versus really the how the world perceives us and the way we think or who we are in truth versus what we actually are this is the this is army this senayor ubayor madhye standing between the two armies vishidan damidam vada and to that uh, 
despondent person thus said krishna and the bhagavad gita instruction starts with the 11th shloka of the chapter 2 which we will see next week uh but shankaracharya's commentary for bhagavad gita actually starts only in the 11th shloka he just wrote a brief introduction up to the 11th shloka because for him he didn't have time to comment on anything else in between he just got up he said here is what the bhagavad gita instruction starts uh, 11th shloka so his commentary actually starts here uh, a lot of other people have done commentaries from the beginning i i feel for us it is important that we know the context in which uh, bhagavad gita has been set so that's why it took a uh, little bit more time to coming up to uh, sri bhagavan watcher we'll start seeing the actual bhagavad gita instruction from next week so i'll chant the purnamada then we can go to discussions om purnamada purnamitam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವಾವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಕೆ ದೇರ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ಟು ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ ಗೀದಾಕ್ಚುಯಲ್ ಗೀದಾ ಇನ್ಸ್ಟ್ರಕ್ಷನ್ thoughts comments hari 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 ಫಿಲೋಸಫಿಕಾಭಿಷೇಕತೋಡ ಶರಿಕ್ಕು ರಾಮಾಯಣ ಅವಸಾನಿಕ ಆ ರಾಮಾಯಣತಿಂಗ್ ಕಲ್ಮಿನೇಷ ತನ್ನ ರಾಮಭಟ್ಟಾಭಿಷೇಕ final state that, that rama is trying to be the perfect human being and that perfection he achieves when he gets to the uh, patabhishega and it, it should have stopped there saying that here is a perfect human being everything stopped here uh, and then the, the story continues down the line it has got its own philosophical points of view of how a perfect uh, human being would also bring his life to a to an end and what happens at that point for for us who are imperfect human beings we should keep that ramabhatavishekam as the highest epitome to reach to only when we get there can we really understand what happens after the patavishekam so all of the acts after that are controversial and we for us to understand what happens up why those are controversial and what is the real explanation behind it we need to get to that level of god rama is to understand why did he send sita back to the forest and why did that happen and things like that so uttar rama is rama uttar ramayanam is for a i would say it is for an ascetic more than for a normal grihastha uh, human as a grihastha human being we should uh, we should focus just ramayana up to patavishega uh, let's say there even even that that itself gives us enough to conquer with the thoughts thank you ari other thoughts thinking yo jane therin bhagavad gita introduction ko parnitu yeah <laughs> and this my view when this this uh, the initial shlokas of uh, the sankhya yoga which you explained today right it's uh, very beautiful i mean i always felt that so this is a real aspect of guru shishya bhava that uh, really is 
comes out. I mean, the guru has to admonish the shishya, wake him up, set him uh, thinking in the right path. And the shishya has to accept his limitations, uh, be willing to listen and uh, take up. So there is an aspect here to know. One is that this Brahma Vidya is never given out unless it is sought out. So it is never compelled on somebody else. So generally, uh, for a long time, these gurus never went out uh, giving out this knowledge. Right? They, there was always someone who sought the knowledge. And it was it was actually the Brahma Vidya was reserved only for ones who are seeking. So here, our Krishna doesn't offer a solution to Arjuna until, until he says that I'm ready. He, he feels that Arjuna is ready. And he waits up. He, wait, he, let, he lets him babble. He lets him uh, go through his emotional turmoil. Everything. And he, he doesn't even respond to the uh, scolding. Only after that, he, he comes back. So this is another thing to say that uh, teaching's effectiveness is, is with the, shishya, the readiness of the shishya. And in general, gurus don't um, until the person is ready. Koma was asking a question and I was trying to explain to her. Can you? She was asking why Arjun Matram Barnard, the Yudhishthanam, the Bivanu Arkon Barnard, Arjun Matram Barnard, and down the Yudhishthanam. Yeah. So then, yeah. Don't worry. Originally, when I said the five symbolic representation of the Pandavas, right? Pancha Pandavas, we said Yudhishthira is a representative of the Icha Shakti. Bhima was a representative of Kriya Shakti. Uh, Arjuna was a representative of the Jnana Shakti. So this is why the Bhagavad Gita constructed as delivery to Arjuna, because he was a representative of the Jnana Shakti. Our teachings have to be given to our Jnana. That is where it should go. So the Icha Shakti and Kriya Shakti are required. But the teaching is actually delivered to the Jnana Shakti. Yeah, very very clearly, this is why Arjuna becomes a recipient of the Thank you very much. <clears throat> it's, this is all very well uh, tightly constructed. The, the symbolism behind is very nicely, tightly constructed. Hmm. <laughs> Not only that, that, he also said that, he, you know, the point was, who would he believe? Yeah. Who would Drona believe? So, if Krishna is sitting in the chariot and Arjuna is saying, Ashwatthama Hada Kunchara, Drona is not going to believe. He knows, hey, Krishna, that's your trick. But... Uh, <laughs> Yudhishthira, who was who was always been uh, straight to the Yudhishthira, you know you know what happened in the Duda, right? So yeah. after the after the Duda, when uh, Draupadi is brought in and all this thing happens, Dhritarashtra releases all of them and gives him back the kingdom and everything, and they yeah. leave. Yeah, yeah, and they leave. They went almost went half. They went. They were on the way. Interprasad, then Shaguni comes up with a plan saying, call them back. We will wage something else with them. One more. And they send somebody else to bring him back. No, and he again says, yeah, yeah. And he again says, I cannot as a king refuse uh, playing Duda. And he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when he wages and he loses. And he says, this time they said, okay, the waging is uh, uh, 12 years of Vanavasa uh, uh, and one year of Vajnadavasa. This is how it is in Mahabharata. Yeah. It happens twice. The Yudha happens twice. Yes. And Yudhishthira is such a strickler that he will not weigh. The moment he is asked again, after all this humiliation, everything he comes back. Hmm. So, yes. <laughs> such a Yudhishthira comes and says, Ashwatthama Hatha, Rona, 
that's all he had to he didn't even, even uh, hear the second part of it Hmm. And Yudhishthira chariot is supposed to stay up uh, eight inches above the ground because of uh, uh, his his uh, stature, and it drops four inches after he said <laughs> this. <Arthasatya. laughs> this is only Arthasatya he has ever said. And then we see his uh, prominence. Yudhishthira prominence we see in Yaksha Prasna, and uh, everyone else fails the Yaksha when. we will see his understanding of it and some point of, hopefully we continue this classes beyond bhagavad gita we can we can take up yaksha prashna to study which is a very beautiful text and you can see how uh, his yudhishthira's perception of the world is amazing the uh, how we consider things now that he was he was this is why he was considered as a primary the every uh, kauravas offer release to arjuna bhima and everybody in the dhuda saying that we will let you go you just have to contend yudhishthira you just turn around and contend yudhishthira you are free and you can take gaudi and go but you have to contend yudhishthira all of the all of the brothers refused to contend him he says no no he knows what he is doing i will not contend we will be a slave even without contending so mahabharata puts all these tests in front of the people but did you tell they contend him when he was in usually they scold him and all that but not in public <laughs> they say no i will not condemn him they scold him yeah. Yeah. and um, and during the war uh, arjuna again one time he actually draws out the sword and uh, yeah because yudhishthira scolds him and he says now he has to kill himself and all that there are a lot of uh, that kind of stories in mahabharata which is interesting right. <laughs> like i said there's no end to stories there are, there are so many of these so many stories mm. yeah. so many different stories other thoughts anybody else you feel good about how we are entering bhagavad gita you feel we got the context of it just of it good perfect it's very good all right okay so we will join next week huh? okay okay so we will not come again okay okay thank you right thank, thank you very bye bye thank you bye Sherry, Harry. Sherry, come. Okay.